What's up, guys? Welcome to the pilot episode of the Push the Tempo podcast, or the PT pod for short. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined by my friend, Ere. We're both pretty big basketball fans, and in this pod, we're just going to talk about the recent developments and stories around the NBA and just give our opinions about it. We appreciate you joining us and listening to us, and without further ado, let's just get into it. Um, Ere here. Thanks, Kyle, for the introduction. Well, the first piece of news is the Giannis extension. What do you think about that, my man, Kyle? Yeah, so the Giannis extension, uh, Sham Sharani of The Athletic reported it earlier today. His tweet was, and I quote, Giannis Antetokounmpo says he is signing a contract extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. The two-time MVP will sign a five-year, $228.2 million Supermax extension with the franchise, the largest deal in NBA history, unquote. So, I mean, first off, obviously I'm happy for Giannis. I mean, I don't think anyone would be against it unless you're a Miami Heat fan or a Toronto Raptors yeah, fan. So, but I mean, this for the Bucks, it just, I'm not going to say it lowers expectations, but it drastically reduces the pressure that's on them. Because the biggest thing that, the biggest dark cloud you could say that was hanging over their head before today for him signing the extension was, hey, if it didn't work out this next year and they underperformed again, that, I mean, he could just leave. And they had traded most of their future assets to get Drew Holiday. So they would be in a very difficult position if that had been the case. But now that he's staying, that I'm not going to say the pressure isn't there because it still is when you have a player as good as he is. But now the pressure has definitely lessened since now he's under contract for the foreseeable future. What do you think? I mean, I get that. I get that, you know, and I kind of agree. But, you know, at the same time, it's it's kind of different just because, I mean, now that they have him under contract, what is, what's their plan for the future? I mean, all their players that they have on their team for the most part are like super old. And I've been saying this for a few years. I think that most of the players on that team have reached their peak and they're going to start slowly declining. I mean, Drew Holiday is probably at the tail end of his prime. Same thing with Chris Middleton. And all these players are kind of old. So I do think that there is pressure on them just because now they have to win a championship, if you know what I mean. No, you're definitely right. Um, so in this past offseason, they obviously made the Drew Holiday trade. Um, they, he's obviously a great player. He's never, I think he's been an all-star once or twice in his career in the Eastern Conference. And that was one of the things that was holding him back was from making the all-star team in the West. Is the West has always been so competitive. The all-star team and the, like the players that have come from the West, it's just been so much more stacked. He's a great player, a great two-way player, one of the best defensive guards in the league. They brought in Bryn Forbes, Torrey Craig, DJ Augustine. They're, they're one of those teams that, in my opinion, similar to the Clippers, that they're I don't, I don't know how to word this. Their floor got, I would say, lowered in the regular season. But in the playoffs, when rotation shortened down, their ceiling is raised because they have a great, like, they have a pretty solid five or six player rotation for the playoffs. Um, they also did try to bring in Boyan Bogdanovich from the Sacramento Kings. That unfortunately didn't work out for them. And if it, if it had, they would have had a great, uh, a great five-man ride. They would have had Drew Holiday, Bogdanovich, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and then probably Brooke Lopez, I would assume. That would have been a scary five, but without, but even even without him, they're still a pretty formidable team, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, as a Celtics fan, honestly, I like this signing for them keeping Giannis just because now, to me, I'm not worried that Giannis will go with the Heat or the Raptors. Now I know that he's going to be on a team that won't, like pretty much won't survive or won't do as well as they are doing right now in the next three, four years. But currently their team right now, it looks really decent. I mean, yeah, they lost a couple of players. Um, 
their point guard, um, Eric Bledsoe, who's pretty trash. <laughs> they replaced uh, DJ Augustine. All right, they replaced George Hill with DJ Augustine. And I guess Augustine's a pretty good um, backup point guard, but he doesn't have the same defensive capabilities as George Hill does. Yeah, I agree so, with you. Yeah, they definitely declined in that possession a little bit. But, I mean, other than that, they got Drew Holiday. I mean, that's a huge increase of what they had before at that position. Um, I, I definitely do think that – like, I agree with you that their playoff rotation got so much better. I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't going to play people like – you know what I mean? Like, all the other players that they got rid of. You know what I mean? See, no, that was the problem for them in the past playoffs that Mike Budenholzer would continue to roll with, like, a 10-man rotation. When in the playoffs, as it goes on, the rotation started getting shorter and shorter to, like – seven or eight man like if you if you look at the playoff logs in terms of minutes uh Mike Budenholzer was playing his best players Giannis and Chris Middleton they were rarely exceeding like 30 36 to 38 minutes a night which is a problem one thing that I will say though that I did like about the holiday signing for them and I mean I know we're we're kind of going off track about the Giannis extension but one but we are still talking about the Bucks as a whole is I feel like up till now, Giannis has kind of, and this just, I might be wrong, but I feel like he's been used incorrectly. Instead of using him as like the primary ball handler who attacks mismatches, and don't get me wrong, this works incredibly in the regular season, as you've seen in the past two years. But in the playoffs, without him having a consistent jump shot, he struggles when uh, great defenses like the Miami Heat of last year and the Toronto Raptors of the year before can lock, lock into him. And without him being able to create off the dribble, he struggles because when he can't get to the rim, he's just not as effective. If when he's used as the big man, as like the screen setter and the roller, he's, if you think about it, really, he's a mismatch for any team besides probably the Lakers because they have Anthony Davis and the Miami Heat because they have Bam Adebayo. And really, no other team that I can really, no other contending team I can really think of off the top of my head really have the personnel to deal with that. I don't think the Celtics have that personnel. The Clippers definitely don't have that personnel. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other teams. <laughs> Brooklyn, I don't think Brooklyn really has the personnel to deal with Giannis being used as the screener, as the big man. I just want to hear your opinion on that, though. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I, like, honestly, I feel like Giannis is being misused as well. I mean, he does, like, so in the regular season, and this is just off the top of my head, so the numbers could be a little bit off. But he was only playing about, like, 30 minutes per game. And that's because, like, of course, they were blowing out a lot of different teams. But I feel like he doesn't play enough. And when he does play, it's always he's always doing the same things over and over again. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's a player that's getting, like, I don't know. Like, how much was the contract extension? Like, how much was he making? Do you know? How much, he, how much was he making before this? Or? or right now, after the extension. After the extension. I saw this earlier on Twitter. Um, so, the extension runs – for five years I believe he has one more year left on this current deal and uh, so it's a five-year extension for 228.2 million which is the supermax which I mean he obviously earned because he is uh he what's it called because he was eligible because he won multiple MVPs in a DPOY um I believe there's a player option after the fourth year of that extension and there's a 15 percent trade kicker which I mean I doubt the Bucks would trade Giannis Antetokounmpo mm -hmm. but that's just in there just for yeah. just for that reason yeah, and like, all right, so with those numbers, uh, one of my friends, shout out Sahizi, he kind of broke it down, and it's roughly 125K a day for the next five years. That's how much he's going to be making. Wow. And 550 K, $556,000 per game, assuming he plays every single game, $86 a minute, and $1.43 per second. Isn't that insane? 
that's yeah. so much that's so much money for a dude that can't shoot and for a dude Hold that's on. being misused you know what i mean i feel like they have to have a plan i don't want to necessarily pin it on the coach but i definitely do feel like he's being misused and maybe having drew holiday open up his options a little bit more that might help out Giannis to be played a little bit better really. i don't know what do you think no i definitely think you're right i, I just think them getting a shot creator of Drew Holiday's caliber. Not only is he a great defender, but he's also he, he's also a great locker room presence as well. That usually goes a long way. And Giannis seems, I mean, he wouldn't have signed the extension if he didn't have faith in the team. And they definitely were listening. He definitely had some input on the team, the moves that the team has made. So him signing the extension is obviously a a showing of good faith that they're that he's confident in this team, not only now but going forward. So. I definitely think that with Drew Holiday on the team, they can open up and be a lot more versatile because you've seen that Giannis is the primary ball handler running into the lane and just overpowering people. It's good for 60 wins a season. I mean, this past year before the, the NBA shutdown, they were on track to win 65 plus games because they were that good of a team. But in the playoffs, it we've seen it hasn't worked when the better defensive teams and the great coaches like Eric Spolstra and Nick Nurse can focus in and lock lock in on him that it does it's not it's just not as effective. So I mean it's it still remains to be seen, but I think they did get better. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And you know when in the playoffs when the game slows down, it's much slower pace in a certain aspects, and it's more half court basketball than full court basketball. There's a big like there's a big you can see there's a big difference in Giannis's game and his style because he basically. Like, in the last playoff series that he played in, Jay Crowder was locking him up, of all people. I mean, yeah, Jay Crowder is a pretty good defender, but he was locking up Giannis. And if you remember a few years ago, Semi Ojeley did the same thing. And granted, yeah, Giannis did get way better in those two years. But, like, for him to be able to get locked down by those type of players, it just kind of shows the weakness in either Giannis's game or the coach coaching system that he's playing in. You know what I mean? No, I No, I definitely agree with you. See, I just think Miami was a very difficult matchup for Giannis and the Bucs. Uh, they had the personnel, such as you said, Jay Crowder earlier. Um, I'm a huge fan of, fan of Bam Adebayo. Um, before the season started, I was texting with some friends and said he'd definitely be in the running for MIP, and he finished second to Brandon Ingram, I believe. So they, they just presented a very difficult matchup with their defensive versatility. You could have, either, you could have Jay Crowder guarding him. You could put Solomon Hill on him. You could put Jimmy Butler at times, and you can obviously put your – your center, Bam Adebayo, who can guard four to five positions almost. So if they had run into any other team, who, who knows how it would have went. But Miami was just a tough matchup for them regardless. Mm, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, but, like, on top of that, all right, beside how Giannis is going to play, I feel like it's going to cause some shockwaves within the league. There's a lot of other teams that are preparing to potentially make a run at getting Giannis. Like we've got the Heat and the Raptors, you know, like I believe the the Heat were clearing some cap space. I know they did some deal with Dragic so that they can get, you know, they got him on a player option on the second year so they can potentially sign Giannis. Now I feel like those teams are going to take a backseat and kind of an L in this regard, just because Giannis is, you know, going to be with the Bucks for five years, assuming that there's no trade going on. But I feel like that's that's a pretty big L for those teams, you know, that were planning on making a run. And on top of that, like, even more, like, all those people that were Photoshopping Giannis in different jerseys, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the biggest L, man. Bro, every, every superstar gets Photoshopped into a Miami Heat jersey. Yeah, no, the Miami Heat definitely took an L. I mean, I've, I've thought about 
him in Miami, and obviously when you put together great players, talent usually wins out. But just from a fit standpoint, if he was to go there, they would have Jimmy Butler, they would have Giannis, and Bam Adebayo. Uh, I mean, all three of those guys at this point are non-shooters. Jimmy Butler's not the greatest three-point shooter, and um, off the and he's best with the ball in his hands. That's almost all three of them. I just want to. I just have one quick question for you. Where would you currently, as the Bucks are currently constructed, put them in the Eastern Conference? Where do I think they rank in terms of seeding, or in terms of how like how good of a team they are? Let's go. Let's go with both. What do you think? Seeding number one. I feel like they're a really good regular season team. Yeah, I agree. The game's a lot faster. Uh, this is tough because. I mean, if you guys know me from the ECB podcast, you know, I'm a big Celtics fan, so I have to be a little bit biased, you know what I mean? So I would say, this is tough to say, maybe second or third. I mean, every every team's going to have their own kryptonite, and I feel like the Bucks have some kryptonite in the Eastern Conference, you know what I mean? Like, last year, the Heat was their kryptonite. Who knows what their team will look like this year versus other team. I just don't see them being that good. Or I do see them being good, but I just don't see them being the best in the East. What about you? No, you make, you make some good points for sure. Um, in the regular season, I definitely agree with you. Uh, we've, we've seen it the past two years that Giannis and his productivity can get you the first seed easily. And I think that's going to continue to be the case. I think the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks will once again be the first seed. In the playoffs, you're definitely right. It's a lot more difficult to predict because Miami is a tough matchup for them with their defensive versatility. They did lose Jay Crowder, but they also they still have Bam Adebayo, who's going to continue to improve. Um, I think Brooklyn has the highest ceiling of any team in the Eastern Conference mm. if they 100% can figure it out, which, I mean, I don't doubt. Yeah, I mean, KD and Kyrie, in my opinion, they're two of the top seven offensive players in the league. I think Kevin Durant went fully healthy. He's the best scorer in the league currently. Um, he looked pretty good in that game against the Wizards. Granted, it was against the Wizards, and they, they, were, bad, they were a bad defensive team last year, and they were missing their key players, and it's preseason. But um, I would say that Brooklyn, their ceiling, them, Miami, and Milwaukee, I would say those three are right in that upper tier in the Eastern Conference. Oh, man, you're missing out on the Celtics, bro. I'm telling you, this year different, bro. You got uh, Marcus Smart, another year in the league, bro. Another defensive player of the year that he's going to get. I mean, Hey, man, we'll he... see. No, 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 we'll see. I know, man. I'm telling you, bro. I keep a close eye on him, man. He he puts in the work, and he's going to translate. No, I'm just kidding. But um, all jokes aside, I mean, I, okay, I know I'm a little bit biased, but, like, I do think you're sleeping on the Celtics. And I'm going to be honest, I feel like, I do feel like the Heat got – it was kind of a fluke. I mean – all right, but this is, that's off topic. We'll, we'll talk about that later, whatever. All right, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but, yo, do you want to talk about the other piece of news from one MVP to a former MVP? Yeah, man, why don't, why don't, you, uh, why don't you start us off with it? Honestly, me personally, I don't have a take. I, I do think that he's probably going to end up staying, barring any crazy – you know, it's an unfathomable trade that I didn't see coming. But I feel like Harden is going to end up seeing just because, like, I don't know. He's in a tough situation. And he's clearly a top three talent in the league, in my opinion. And, like, the teams that were built around him weren't always the best. I feel like Daryl Morey basically screwed him over. They gave him one really good team when when he was with Chris Paul. And that was probably the best chance that they had, uh, that he had to win a championship other than when he was on OKC as him being the number one player on that team, it definitely was the highest chance that they had, but Chris Paul ended up getting hurt. 
and then we all know what happened after that. They got a not so great player, our replacement in Westbrook. And I mean, after that, like they went with the small ball and that basically just screwed everything up. I feel like Daryl Morey really hindered James Harden's prime. You know what I mean? What do you think? No, that's definitely a good point, but this is, and I, I have a different take from you in terms of Harden and his situation. So before he showed up to training camp, uh, he was seen on Instagram and uh, in various videos partying. He was partying in Atlanta with Lil Baby. And I love Lil Baby. He's one of my favorite rappers currently. Uh, he dropped a great album this year. Um, he was seen partying with Lil Baby, uh, gifting him um, uh, bags with racks of cash, which is awesome. He was seen in he was seen around the country. It was like he was doing a world tour and the only place he wasn't going was Houston. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, I, I agree with you. I think he's a top three offensive player in the league. In my opinion, I have him ranked somewhere from five to seven in terms of like best players in the league. But where I, where I differ from you is I think Houston, they cater to James Harden ever since he's got to the team. They got him Dwight Howard, which worked for a little bit. And then James Harden wanted Dwight Howard gone. Dwight Howard's gone. They, I don't know how much he wanted CP3, but they got him CP3, and that was his best teammate in terms of not only success, but in terms of fit in Houston that he had in his time there. That It worked out great that first year, and in my opinion, if CP3 hadn't gotten hurt, I know Andre Gudala also got hurt that series, but we're comparing the fourth or fifth best warrior to the second best player on the Rockets. So if I, I think if he, CP3 doesn't get hurt, I think the Rockets win that series and go on to beat the Cavs in the 2018 finals and James Harden would have a ring. Um, 2019, CP3 dealt with injuries all year. C, uh, CP3 is my favorite player. Um, that, that's my guy. I would defend that man forever. But he got hurt that year. He struggled with inconsistency. So the team became so Harden-centric. It became just iso ball, top of the key, get out of my way. I'll create a shot for either myself or for you. And I didn't think, I personally didn't think that that year they had a chance even after Kevin Durant went down in that series just because of how reliant the offense became on James Harden. Um, and then he, it didn't work out with Chris Paul. So he wanted Chris Paul gone. And I, I will stand by this. I don't think Daryl Morey wanted to trade Chris Paul. Daryl Morey is very heavy into analytics. And I doubt that looking at the analytics, he would have thought that Russell Westbrook would be a better fit next to James Harden than Chris Paul was. And a lot of people, myself included, questioned the fit when it first, when it first happened. Um, and, and I don't mean this by over-exaggerating or any hyperbole, but the Russell Westbrook for the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul and multiple future picks might be the worst trade of this decade because that tandem of James Harden and Russell Westbrook only lasted for one year. Houston t traded multiple future firsts and pick swaps to get Russell Westbrook, who, and I don't hold the playoffs against him because I think he was hurt, but it just didn't work out. So I think Houston did whatever James Harden wanted them to do to satisfy him, but I don't think that always had winning the championship in mind. That's just my opinion, though. What do you think? I mean, I feel like Harden wants to win a championship. I mean, this that's the thing. We'll never know if Harden... Like, similarly to how Giannis was, like, he wasn't really pulling strings, but, like, how he wanted Bogdanovich on his team, and he was sad when the trade fell apart. But I don't know if Harden was doing the same things, or he might have, but I do think he would want to win a championship. I mean, he's he has tons of accolades. You know, he's got six man of the year. He got MVP. And in my opinion, he should have another MVP, but Giannis stole that from him. That's just my opinion. 
But I don't know. I feel like the next step in his legacy is to get a championship. And I feel like he's trying his hardest to do it. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see because it's, it's pretty tough, the situation he's in right now. Of course, he'd probably want out. Um, I'd want out, too, with that team. I mean, I like John Wall. I like Cousins. But I don't really think that they're their best. Um, what do you think are some teams that Harden, like, would fit into and make sense for yeah, him? Yeah, no, be before on? you're definitely right. Before we move on to that, um, I don't when – I, when I said that uh, James Harden's style of play didn't necessarily uh, correlate with the championship, I do think he wanted to win the championship – but I think he went about it the wrong way. You got to look at high scoring, high usage guys in the NBA throughout history. Michael Jordan, he was like this earlier in his career when he would score a bunch of points and he would have the ball a lot of the time and he would put up big numbers. But in the first part of his career, he was struggling to win. After he got the team around him and the ball was moved more and he would come off the ball and get it, he would, that's when he started having real success. Kobe Bryant even said himself, the late great Kobe Bryant, that this style of play isn't conducive to winning because when one player dominates the ball this much and other teammates are just basically spot-up shooters that in the playoffs, teams lock onto that player and make it more difficult. Um, and now we're seeing it with James Harden. And that's just my opinion. That's the reason I think that up till now, and and not not to mention that his prime coincided with, the Warriors dynasty, which is always, which for anybody, honestly, was bad luck. But no, you're definitely correct. But in terms of what teams that I think Harden would make sense on, you got to think about it from what the Rockets would want back. Um, they would want, because, I mean, I know it sounds like I've been hating trash on James Harden. James Harden has made six straight all NBA first teams. He's the best shooting guard of this past decade. I'm pretty sure he's and scored he is i'm pretty sure he scored the most points in the past who's better marcus Smart. Right, sure <laughs> he i'm pretty sure well, he man. scored the most points of the past decade as well he's an iron man he doesn't miss games uh i think teams that he makes sense for i mean obviously philadelphia but i doubt he gets traded there i just want to know what your opinion about philly is man philly as a whole or philly with um with Harden on it. Let's go with both. What do you think about what they are currently and then what they would look like with okay. Harden? So I was saying this in our ECV podcast, and you guys make sure to check out that podcast as well. Um, I think that the Philly, Philadelphia 76ers, they had the best offseason out of all the other teams. They were able to acquire shooters to go along with Ben Simmons. They were able to get rid of Horford. They got a veteran presence in Danny Green, who's a great player, a three-time champion, and also an NCAA champion as well. So only a few players have done that. And, I mean, this isn't about Danny Green, so we'll move on for that. They got Seth Curry. Um, I mean, yeah, they did lose Josh Richardson, but you got to do what you got to do. And they also got a decent player in a rookie in uh, Tyrese Maxey. So they definitely made some good moves. So I do like their, their the direction that they're kind of going in. I mean, they made a ton of moves. But I, I still don't know if they'll win a championship. I feel like they're closer to winning a championship with the team that they built. But I feel like they need one more thing to be able to up their game. I don't know how long this Simmons and Embiid duo is going to last. I don't know how well they're going to do in the future. In my opinion, and I know we were talking about this before, yo, if that trade between Simmons and Harden ends up working and maybe if the Sixers throw in a couple of first-rounders, we could see something going pretty decently in a good direction for the Sixers. What do you think? No, you're definitely right. Um, I have a, I have some friends who are 76ers fans, and they do not want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. I mean, it makes sense. In my opinion, I think Ben Simmons is underrated. 
Um, sure, he doesn't shoot three-pointers, but he's elite at everything else. He's an all-NBA level defender who can guard from one through five. He's one of the best players in transition in the league. Um, and he's also a great rebounder as well as a great passer. Um, that being said, as currently constructed, and I agree with you, I think they had an amazing offseason. Um, then that's one reason why I don't think this trade is going to happen. Daryl Morey, he retooled this roster to look to maximize Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So at the very least, I think he's going to give them this year. That being said, I think that they're, as currently constructed, either the fourth or fifth best team in the, in the Eastern Conference. Um, I would say Milwaukee's better. I would say Brooklyn is better. And you gotta get, I would give Miami the edge as well because Miami went to the finals last year. Um, so it's between them and Boston, in my opinion, for that fourth spot. What do you think? Cap. I mean, yeah, I agree that, I mean, fifth would be nice or even fourth, but like, come on, man. You think the Celtics roster is a bad roster? They've got two wings, two great wings. They've got a point guard that can score the ball and they've got a defensive player of the year, future defensive player of the year on their team. But, you know, that's beside the point. I feel like, in all honesty, man, I I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, their team's pretty – it's constructed really well, but I don't know how successful it's going to do. I definitely think that team is constructed better than the Heat. You know what I mean? And do you want to talk about the Heat? I just feel – it's weird. Like, like their team, I feel like on paper, doesn't seem to fit in really well. But I don't know. I just think the Sixers team is constructed a little bit better than the Heat, even though the Heat performed really well last year. We'll have to see. What do you think about the Heat? So, yeah, um, that Miami Heat, I know a lot of people, including yourself, think that it was kind of a fluke that they made it. They played great team basketball, and they played suffocating. Yeah, hell yeah. Deep. <laughs> they hell played yeah, great defense as well. So, if you would look at it from what the Heat would give up, um, I mean, I wouldn't trade Bam Adebayo. I think he's I, – I mean, I'm just a huge Bam Adebayo fan. Um, Jimmy Butler is probably off the table, so that leaves, like, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and some other pieces. I personally – I would do that trade if I was the Miami Heat. Uh, we don't know. I don't, it's hard to put a ceiling on Tyler Hero. I think he'll be a great player, but I don't think he'll be um, the first, the best shooting, the best guard of the next decade. Like James Harden. I think James Harden is the second best guard of this last decade after Steph Curry. Um, I would say John Morant, Trey Young, and uh, I had another Marcus guy in Smart. mind. <laughs> uh, I had another guy in mind, but I'm blanking now. Um, I would say he would probably be the fourth or fifth best guard at best of the next decade. So if I'm Miami, I would do that trade. And that would put them, in my opinion, with the next, with the highest ceiling in the Eastern Conference next to like Brooklyn. So if I'm Miami, I would make that trade. What do you think? Mm, I mean, yeah, no, I have to agree. But like, see, the thing is, sometimes you get so high and drunk off your own success that you don't want to change anything. Like, Let's be honest, like, yo, they made it to the finals, right? That's awesome. They got a rising stars in Tyler Hero. I mean, I can't really call a Duncan Robinson a rising star, but he's definitely um, a great player to have on a team, a great role player. Um, who knows? Maybe he will be all-star one day, but I don't know if I can see that happening. But those are two young players that they're probably going to have to move to get James Harden on their team, and they're the same position as well. So in order to for them to do that, they're going to have to kind of pretend like last year didn't happen in order to make that necessarily move. I mean, it makes sense that they would just because they lost out on Giannis and they might get a, like the fear of missing out or FOMO 
like, oh, shoot, we lost the potential to get Giannis. Let's go for a different star instead. Let's go for Harden. So that's always there. But I feel like if they just keep looking back to last year, then there's no chance that they're going to make that trade. If I were them, I would make that trade. But you got to think in their shoes, would they make that trade? You know what I mean? No, you're you're definitely right. Um, they probably looked at last year and said, hey, we beat the best team in the Eastern Conference in five games. And, I mean, Boston did let those first two games slip, but they ended up beating Boston, I believe, it was it in six or seven? It was six, six right? man. Six, right. Um, and then they ended up yeah. giving the Lakers – and Jimmy Butler had some great games in, the, in that finals. And Dragic was hurt. Bam Adebayo also got hurt. So they can look at themselves and be like, look, we made the NBA finals. We beat two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And then we gave the Lakers some trouble with two of our best players being hurt. What if we just run it back this year? We're fully healthy. We definitely could have a good shot. And they're definitely they're, – they have a right to think that. But adding James Harden – in my opinion, James Harden probably still has two to three years of elite play left in him. If he was to get traded to Miami, he wouldn't be able to play his uh, 20-second isolation at the top of the key basketball anymore. He would have to play in a legitimate system. And that in my, would probably lower his numbers, but it would make Miami just – a dangerous killer offense which if I'm them I pull that trigger right away but I, I don't think they'll do it yeah no I definitely man it, it's tough just because like you have, yeah you gotta make a lot of commitment like we haven't seen Harden play in a different system where he's not the number one ball dominant player on that team in so yep. long you know what I mean no you right. haven't seen that we don't know how like the Heat will basically have to change their whole entire culture their whole entire system Either that, they have to do that, or Harden has to do that. And I, I we don't think, know if that's possible. I would think Harden would have to change. There's exactly. no way he's coming in to Miami uh, playing the way he is currently. I mean, he would have to adapt to not only the Heat culture, that is like crazy hard work, insane work ethic, like a Jimmy Butler type. Jimmy Butler is probably mm-hmm. the first guy in the gym, last guy out type of mentality. And they wouldn't let him do his, like I said before, his ISOs at the top of the key for mm-hmm. 16 seconds of the shot clock before making the decision. He would have to play within a system. And you're right. We haven't seen James Harden do that in a very long time. So it would be something different and definitely something interesting. Yeah, I got a question for you. What's up? How are the the clubs down in uh, Miami? (laughs) I mean, uh, when when we first uh, heard about John Wall being traded for Westbrook, I said the biggest winners in Houston were the strippers and strip clubs. (laughs) I mean, they're probably going crazy down there. But I mean, hey, it's Miami's known for their nightlife, so James Harden would fit right in. All right, say less. Oh man, I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting, and I'm dude. I'm honestly just excited for the season to happen already. Oh no, dude, I 100% agree. There's like this year, particularly in the Western Conference, I think there's nine to ten teams that can have a legitimate case to be a top eight seed. Uh, and you got to remember, seven to ten is going to be the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. So, no, but yeah, you, you're right. There's just I would say uh, Lakers are, in my opinion, the favorite. They got better in the offseason offensively, and they're coming off a championship. Um, I would say Brooklyn, if they 100% figure it out, I think they'd be right there at second, depending on pending health of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Um, I would probably give the Bucks the next edge, or Bucks or Heat. And then I'd say the Clippers are at like fifth. See, I want to lower expectations for my team for when they inevitably underperform and not as sad. 
but yeah, no, you're definitely right. This season is definitely going to be very exciting. All right, Kyle. I think that was pretty good. We talked about James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, you know, this season is really exciting. We're going to have to see how it goes. I'm pretty excited to see how the season goes. That's pretty much all we have for you guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.